dun da 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 This is the I Read Star Wars Comic Books podcast special. I'm your host, Kara Shamborski, here with my host, Brian Murray. Hi. And you might be wondering why I started this episode with the Indiana Jones theme, <laughs> to which I say the character we're talking about today is a space archaeologist, and John Williams did both themes, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. Get off our backs. <laughs> So today we are talking about Dr. Afra, the character and the series. And uh, Dr. Afra is a com- very much a creature of the Star Wars comics. And we are doing full spoilers for the Dr. Afra comic series, volumes one through five, plus a little bit of the, the Darth Vader comic series and the early issues. So, Brian, where do we first meet the character of Dr. Afra? She is essentially hired on by the Empire to track down this, uh, It's what would you call it, like a droid personality matrix or something like that. Yeah. Uh, basically a prolific murder bot. And uh, <laughs> she does. <laughs> then she winds up escaping with it and faking her own death to get away from Darth Vader. As one does. As one must. <laughs> So then she kind of segues into her own series because she is a terrific character right off the bat. So I think it's only natural that Marvel would have noticed like, oh, fans like this character. Let's give this character her own book. And then it ran for five volumes. Yeah. Originally created by Kieran Gillen, if I'm not mistaken. That does not surprise me in the least. Um, so so Dr. Afra is... She's a space archaeologist, but she's just terrible. She's just a terrible human being, which is why she's such a fun character to read. Like, I realized while reading this book that everyone is such an asshole, and there's so much fun to read about, but I would never in a million years want to meet any of these characters in real life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, probably not. Like, absolutely no thank you. (laughs) So, So with volume one, we're kind of getting a sense of these characters and who they are. And as you mentioned, murder droids. <laughs> yeah. Triple uh, zero and BD. Who are just think like C3PO and R2D2, but, but painted black and all they want to do is torture. And then we have black Kersantan. Am I saying that right? I think so. Yeah. Who's a Wookiee who's been, augmented to be a more prolific fighter in the gladiatorial pits and he's teamed up with afra for selfish reasons so that she can pay him back because she owes him for something and i don't want to owe a wookie let alone uh, an enhanced one with like basically he has like the star wars equivalent of an adamantium skeleton yeah pretty much like no thank you his character it's kind of like a you know how han solo threatens that like chewbacca could rip your arms off Black mm-hmm. Santan will rip your arms off. <laughs> and we don't even have to ask him to do it. He'll just do it if you look at him wrong. That's kind of his default state. <laughs> so the story, I think, for me really picked up when we get to sort of like the volume one that I was reading included the Screaming Citadel storyline 
as part of it, but I know Screaming Citadel is also its other another mm-hmm. trade. So yeah, full spoilers for Star Wars The Screaming Citadel, where Dr. Afra and Luke Skywalker are sort of... I, w- I hesitate to call it a team-up because she definitely like kidnaps him. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a frenemies situation. Yeah, she's like, um, hey, we're going to go to this planet where this like all-powerful creature is going to grant us a favor if I like bring her something nice. And you're a Jedi, so that's nice. Yeah. Here. <laughs> and it's the, this elaborate plot to get a hold of this crystal that's housing the consciousness of like a warped Jedi cultist. Yeah, I guess. It was, uh, immortal Rur. The I immortal Rur. It's from the the Ordu Aspectu, which is like an offshoot of the Jedi, which had the added benefit benefit of giving us the term Orthodox Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Just really tickled me. I don't know why exactly. No, totally. And it's like we so we get this backstory where Afra's dad is also we call him historian or also a space archaeologist. I think historian is probably correct i guess historian and he's been like all about the ordu aspectu and literally everyone is like bruh they definitely did not exist and he goes on this adventure with afra where they find out oh wait they did exist and that's where she got this crystal so now she wants to unlock it and be like hey luke like we can totally unlock this crystal and then you'll have a jedi teacher but when the crystal is unlocked luke is like ah no i think i'm good <laughs> like, i'm fine this is crazy this is a crazy jedi because the ordu aspectu were all like we're gonna live forever which the uh, the orthodox jedi were like mm, it's not the will of the force bruh <laughs> but i appreciated that the plot twist of living forever was just like putting the jedi consciousness into a form where they could just kind of hop from technology to technology. Yeah, and it, it's really kind of sketchy on whether or not that is actually his consciousness, or if he just made a really good AI that then <laughs> killed the original. Because so he talks about of... his his original body like being possessed by an evil spirit or something, and him having mm. to destroy it, which I took as just the AI deciding it wanted to be alone now. Yeah, the Dr. Aphra series on the whole is just excellent in terms of Star Wars world building. Like, we're mm-hmm. finding out about Jedi cults, uh, we find out about space journalists, and the Imperial propaganda machine. Like, there's a whole lot. If, if you have not checked out the Dr. Aphra series yet, but you are, like, all about Star Wars world building, I, I like, you can't, there's no other series that encompasses so many tiny details of the day-to-day of living under the empire as the dr afra series does and let's talk about her imperial girlfriend oh yes please uh that is a uh, captain and then lieutenant and then captain again tolvan yeah tolvan I appreciated this because it started with afra just being like oh she's cute and yeah them just yeah, like, really like I should kill you to prep my secrets, but you're very cute, so. (laughs) And then they end up, like, actually kind of getting together for a while. Oh, and then it's just full spoilers. It's so bad. It's so bad at the end. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, after Tolvan, like, rescues Afra from a job gone sideways where they have their first kiss and they think they're about to die, which is 
a trope that I never get sick of. Never. Um, and then they they have like a it's like two days later, and they're definitely in like some kind of cabin retreat together before Afra, you know, sneaks out. And then just like the whole. Like, in order to save Tolvin from Vader, because Vader catches up to them, because he always does. Although, mm-hmm. in this in this particular aspect, it's definitely Tolvin's fault, because she's the one who reached out to Darth Vader in the first place to be like, Hey, um, um, we're about to be murdered on this, like, prison junker that's about to crash into a planet. Please stop this crash, because I know your secrets. And I'm like... All right, I have mul- multiple questions here, but if it brings Vader to further the plot, fine. Let's go with that. So pr- to protect Tolvin from Vader, like, inevitably just murdering the crap out of her, um, Afra uses one of those, like, creatures like Borgullet in Rogue One to, like, rewrite Tolvin's memory. So Tolvin thinks she killed Afra, And I'm like, yo, that is fucked up. <laughs> like, like yeah. I am... I'm reading a fucked up book. Yeah, real dark. Real dark stuff in there. Yeah, it's like this series gets darker and darker, but it still like feels kind of lighthearted because Afra is such a like ma- mess, mess of a person. Yeah, there's a certain like madcap zaniness to her character that is very endearing. Yeah, she's like the manic pixie dream girl of murder. Because <laughs> like she thinks she's doing like maybe not the right thing but she like tries not to murder people but then she just ends up murdering people because her her like human version of a prime directive is to get rich and keep surviving yeah and i think the comic does a good job of showing her kind of grappling with that off and on oh yeah where sometimes there there will be those moments where you can tell that she's She's not crazy about the person she's become, but she doesn't know how to be anything else anymore. And that's why I think it's so interesting that in this series, she is so often thrown together in various dynamics with Triple Zero, the murderous protocol droid she kind of booted up. It's like, first, she's in control of him, and then he, like, starts running a crime syndicate and is like forcing her to do his dirty work and then they end up getting like linked together and again one of the (laughs) better tropes when it comes to this type of storyline they have these like bomb implant implements in them where if they get more than 20 meters apart from each other they both die so it's like and if they and if one of them dies the other one dies so triple zero can't kill afra and she can't run away from him and they have to go through this like imperial planet where it's like look how nice and law and orderly everything is without dying or attracting attention because um oh god what that what's that doctor's name dr cornelius avazin yeah yeah so he's the guy in a new hope where um He's the one who's just like, I'm wanted for murder on 12 systems or something like that in the mm-hmm. Moss Eisley Cantina um, and gets up in Luke's face. And uh, so he's the one who's put these bombs in Afra and Triple Zero. And he's also gone the extra step to make it so that Triple Zero's eyes are kind of broadcasting what's happening to the two of them to everyone 
on this imperial like perfect planet so everyone's watching like this reality show of yeah it's very their big misadventures. brother <laughs> it's extremely big brother or more like um oh what's that movie from the 90s with jim carrey uh oh oh my gosh yeah, yeah you know what i'm talking about that one um oh man uh, where I, you're just, I can like, picture people screaming the name at their at their podcaster right now Right, like like you're watching everything unfold and you're like riveted and watching your screen and um it's like through the context of this afra and triple zero having these like twisted heart to hearts where triple zero is like you're so much like me afra except you have guilt this is a failure this is why we can't be friends yeah (laughs) bruh (laughs) yeah that's that's the problem that right there is indeed the problem but he's also sad because by this point he thinks bt1 has been totally destroyed including his like memory chip of his origin story that he desperately wanted to know about yeah i don't think we ever found out what his origin was no they they they're in um volume five he flashes back to it because afro surprise like had it all along or something like that and he realizes that he wasn't intentionally designed to be this way he was a failure and he was supposed to be like put in the scrap heap but he was already sentient so he just like fucked up the lab assistant who was supposed to put him on the scrap heap and then just kept murdering from there that sounds right yeah so then he had just kind of like a life crisis of what do you mean my life has no meaning (laughs) i'm like oh this just continues my argument that droids have sentience and it's a problem that they're slaves then yeah that conversation has come up so many times in my life outside this podcast since we first (laughs) recorded it (laughs) but like for real like okay you you give these droids personalities and agency but you also put restraining bolts on them like that's slavery rights for robots um, I enjoyed very much in this series that we saw another glimpse glimpse of Harrison Dula. So I mm-hmm. always appreciate her. And I feel like ever since she became a character, the the powers that be at Star Wars are just kind of like, Hey, um, we need an easily identifiable, like higher up in the rebel rebel command structure who isn't Princess Leia. Hey, let's bring in Hera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she she makes an appearance as Dr. Afra continues her string of kidnapping high-ranking rebel officers. <laughs> um, but again, going back to Princess Leia for a second. Um, so at one point, Dr. Evazen, like impersonates her. And I have to wonder, how many times has Leia been impersonated over the years? Yeah, I don't know. And then how do, how do you deal with that, knowing that there exists technologies or biological solutions for people wanting to pretend to be you yeah it's 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 star wars deep fakes it's just just terrible um i do want to talk about how like this this comic series as a comic series is a great example of why i don't tend to like reading comics about quote-unquote a-list characters like for example i love the extended bat family for the Batman comics, but I generally don't read actual Batman comics because you can never really do too much with that character because there's too much money tied up in that IP. Uh-huh. But like 
Birds of Prey or Red Robin. I realize these references are 10 years old and I apologize. Like those kinds of comics where it's just kind of like, we've made up characters, so now they can do whatever we want because there are no stakes involved. Like those are the comics I tend to gravitate to because you can do so many more interesting things. So I really appreciated the Dr. Afro comic because since she's a comics native creation and Basically, only the people who are reading Star Wars comics know about her. They have so much more leeway in terms of the types of storytelling that they can actually do with her. Yeah, and because she's not tied into the film continuity, and she doesn't really interact with any characters in the film continuity besides, you know, the occasional drop-in from from Luke or or Darth Vader, they don't have to. You don't have to worry about knowing what can or can't happen with this character like in the 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 main star wars comic that that took place between uh new hope and empire i think Mm -hmm. and like you you know that luke is gonna be fine he's he's gonna he's gonna (laughs) make it but like you get a character like black chrysanthemum or something and we have no idea if that character is going to survive or not because he's he's not in the movies, so he doesn't have to make it X distance through the storyline. Mm-hmm. So that made the the ending of this series all the more stressful for me because you're like you're reading Doctor Afra and you're so invested in this character, and then you get to the end and you're like, "But does she live?" <laughs> is is the series over? Because I thought it was still ongoing. Well, at the end of Volume Five. They end it by saying the end exclamation point question mark. So if it is still ongoing, I would love to keep reading it. But in terms of the trades that are out right now, the trades are up to, I think, volume five. And the end of volume five is like, maybe she's dead? Question mark. Was that the the rebel super weapon arc in volume five? No, maybe maybe there is a continuation that I'm unaware of. Okay. Volume 5 is the one where she and Triple uh, Zero are kind of like doing their whole bomb thing. Let's get it dismantled. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, there's definitely more after that. Yes. I've, okay, been, well I've been reading the single issues, so I wasn't quite sure where oh. the, the volumes broke apart. Well, then I will have to continue reading because this is brand new information for me. I did my research before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Tolvan comes back and uh, she's yes. a rebel now. Yes. Okay. This is all good information to have. So I guess spoilers beyond volume five of Dr. Afra. <laughs> I mean, look, you, you guys know the score by now, right? We've we've spoiled everything we've talked about. We've just spoiled everything for everyone. Uh, <laughs> that makes me happy. Uh, do you think Dr. Afro will show up in other Star Wars media? I desperately hope so. And I've, I've heard rumors that somebody might've been talking about like a Dr. Afro Disney plus thing. Oh, please. Uh, yes. Absolutely. No confirmation on that. It could just be wild speculation, but I would, I would love to see more Dr. Afro, especially in like an animated medium oh yeah that would be so much fun i feel like she's too much of a cartoon to really be in a in the live action universe well i'm just 
I agree with you. But also, I'm just thinking, I don't think they would give the budget necessary for live action special effects to go as far as they would need to go for how much explosions happen around her. (laughs) Yeah, all of her exploding tukas. Oh, those are so cute. I was just, I think that's a great example of her kind of moral ambiguity. So these tukas are these little fluffy, adorable creatures that look like smaller loth cats almost. Mm -hmm. And she just kind of like has cloned a bunch of them, but genetically modified them to explode when she uses a code word. And I'm like, Afra. (laughs) Oh God, what was the code word? It was something super dorky. Like snuggle, snuggle wuggums, oogie boogie or something like that. And I was just like, oh my God. And uh, I there's like one line where she says something where someone's like, what the hell did you do that for? And she's like, they do both the things that you would need. They can snuggle with you and they can explode. Like those are the two solutions for most situations. And I was yeah. like, what? I think it was like, there are very few things that can't be solved with a cuddle or a crater. <laughs> Which are like, Okay, fair, but also, ooh, that's a very, very specific moral argument. Yeah, yeah, I'm or not... a moral argument. I'm not super fond of these living weapons you've created. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm very fond of them. I just hate that they blow up. <laughs> there are so many delightful, like, side characters introduced in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate it. I forget what the exact name of this droid is but there's like this super wigged out droid who's like says all his lines in a weird poetry and is like oh, covered yeah. yeah and he's got like little like paint marks all over him because he's just trying to express himself yeah it's and like then, deck nil or something like that and this little droid like is part of this um I guess part of that crime syndicate that Triple Zero was running for a while and Afra had him on a mission. And it's just every time he spoke, I was like, oh, oh, you adorable tripped out droid. Look at you. Um, and then the characters of, um, oh, God, those monster hunters. Um, why uh, am I yeah, blanking on names? And knock. Yeah, they're terrific. It's a married couple. One of them is a reptilian species and one of them is humanoid and their banter is everything yeah they're the most married couple you've ever seen in star wars <laughs> like i desperately want them to have their own tv show it, it it doesn't have to run long it could just be like a mini series special but like i would like to see them hunt monsters please yeah yeah almost like they, they could do like, like a little like wildlife show or something with those two <laughs> going from planet to planet Oh, man, like Steve Irwin accepted Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this this is just, this is so satisfying to read, like, as a Star Wars fan and as a comic book fan. And uh, now that I know that there's more than Volume 5, I definitely want to keep going. Yeah, yeah, there's, we, we dig a little bit in Volume, and what will be Volume 6, into some kind of, like, jedi weapon that was basically a lightsaber gun what (laughs) yeah it's like wait 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 but but the death star is technically a lightsaber gun because it uses kyber crystals also is this the same concept but they're not calling it the death star it's it's like a it's like a sniper rifle 
instead of a big planet blow yuppie gun so that they can they want to like assassinate the emperor with it essentially i'm still feeling like this is the same technology with a different rebrand it it is yeah (laughs) they actually like like they put a lightsaber into it in order to fire it that sounds like a lot (laughs) that sounds like just just a little too much yeah, the the rebels hire Afrin to like steal this artifact so that they can repurpose it. They hire her after they have looked at her entire track record of dealing with the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, I mean I don't think anybody's thrilled about it, but <laughs> she is the top of her field. I have so many questions for everyone who works with this woman, especially because in volumes one through five, multiple people describe Afra as like a flaming trash compactor. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like she's a Star Wars dumpster fire, which is why yeah. she's such a great character to read. But you would never actually want to hang out with her because you'd probably die. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like, I'm sure that we could have a great time, but then she would like kick my knees out in order to escape from something. <laughs> uh, I think I appreciate her so much because so much of the Star Wars movies and some of the canon, everything feels so like high stakes and good versus evil. But then you get a character like Afra who's on the fringes, who's just doing exactly like whatever she wants, even if she doesn't always know what she wants. And she's just kind of making everything up as she goes, which like you're saying, oh, but that's what Han Solo does. And I'm like, well, well, Han that's what Han up. Solo did. <laughs> that's what Han Solo thinks that he does. But <laughs> but Afra is really genuinely like I am making the decision now for what's happening right now and if i have to shoot someone oops let's keep moving (laughs) yeah in one of our previous episodes i think i called han solo chaotic neutral and that was not accurate because dr afra is chaotic neutral (laughs) yeah just delightful like highly recommend her series if you're a star wars fan at all and like even again just from a comic perspective i thought it was a very well done comic there's lots of elements from the earlier volumes that tie in and do become relevant in later volumes like it doesn't really feel like anything gets just kind of kicked to the side and ignored it feels like a constant building yeah yeah i definitely agree uh even like the stuff with her 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 mother there's a a throwaway line when she's talking to her dad about like the Imperials drop her off with her dad because her mom has been killed and she's like, Oh yeah, they said I might have some issues. (laughs) And then really (laughs) in the, in some of the more recent single issues, we've actually been able to explore what her relationship with her mother was like. Like we get, we get her flashbacks on that time. So it's like that throwaway line becomes something that, you need to pay attention to. But I don't feel like it does that in a way where it's like, oh, you have to read absolutely everything or else you'll have no idea what's happening. It's just like, oh, if you've been reading everything, here's a nice bonus because you remembered what was going on. Yeah, 100%. Like, if, if I, because I had forgotten about that line when I read the single issues that have the stuff with her mom. But it mm-hmm. was when I was rereading volume one, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, they planted the seed a long time ago. Mm hmm. Oh, so I see Star Wars Dr. Aphra Volume 6 is going to be released, uh, is released December 10th. So I will be reading it at that time. Merry Christmas. 
Yeah, Merry Christmas indeed. More Star Wars. Man, Disney's going to have like the best the best quarter. Like they they've got um they released Disney Plus, Frozen 2, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Like they basically they should just have a printing press for money because that's what's happening to that company right now. Yeah, and the worst part is that so far all of it has been really good. All of it's so good. <laughs> god damn it disney i feel like such a corporate shill but like they're kind of nailing it (laughs) it's like painful but i'm like okay okay i'll uh i'll give you my entertainment dollars and meanwhile warner brothers is just like uh hi (laughs) remember suicide squad we could do another one of those oh boy well you know we'll wait and see (laughs) um but (laughs) That, that's main show talk, not not Star Wars talk. No, 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 no. But, uh, okay, yeah, so, um, Afro overall, highly recommend, so excited to read volume six, and, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're almost there, Brian. We're almost at Rise of Skywalker. We're getting close. So close. The Force is strong with us, we got this. It's <laughs> true, actually, I think... I'm not sure what our release schedule looks like. I think that Afro Volume 6 might be out by the time people are listening to this. Yeah, so you can read all of Dr. Afro in one go. All right, so next time we will be talking about the Resistance. And then the time after that, we will all be talking about full spoilers for Rise of Skywalker. I'm ready. Um, thank you for listening to the I Read Star Wars comic book podcast presented by I Read Comic Books. This show was first aired on the IRCB Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. Special thanks to all you wonderful supporters out there. You can send us feedback about this show at ircbpodcast at gmail.com and check out our website, ircbpodcast.com for our Discord, zines, and all things IRCB. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ircbpodcast. This show was produced by Brian Murray and Kara Shamborski, edited by Xander Riggs, with Mike Rappin as executive producer. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.